Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Well, if, if, you, if you've been with Authentic now for a while, we've been going through talking about the Holy Spirit and doing a whole series on it. Uh, you know, I, I, as I shared earlier, I grew up Catholic and we, there was Father, Son, and Holy Bible. <laughs> we really didn't talk much about the Holy Spirit. And if we did, it was usually just singing His name in a doxology, right? Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, which I never got the ghost versus the Spirit type of the thing when I was younger. Um, but that, that's all I really knew about the Holy Spirit. And then I get saved and I have a moment where it's like, man, I experienced salvation, which is the first baptism. And I'm, I was taken out of the world and baptized into the family of God. And then I I experienced the second baptism, which was the water baptism. I was baptized in water by a believer. And then the third baptism that was new to me was being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, the first baptism, when you're saved and you're baptized into the family of God, the Holy Spirit baptizes you. It says the Holy Spirit draws men to God. So I was baptized. I was snatched out of the kingdom of darkness, the way that I was walking, and brought into the family of God. That was the first baptism. The second baptism was when I was water baptized, and you're baptized in water by a disciple. The third baptism, though, that was fresh to me, never heard of it before, was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we've been talking the last few weeks, like, what does that mean? There's a lot of misconceptions. A lot of people have some thoughts or ideas or opinions. And I don't know about you. I really don't care what man's opinion is. Like, I want to know what the Word of God says. So we've been unpacking that and the doctrine of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And today we're going to dive into the, the controversial, most misunderstood subject, I believe, in Scriptures, and that's speaking in tongues. And I want you to lean into, not a communicator, I want you to lean into the Word of God today. Let's read the Word. Let's see what the Scriptures say about this so that we can apply because we all, I believe we all want God's best in our lives. Amen. I don't know about you, but if God has something for me, I want all he has for me. This life is a vapor. It's going to be here and gone in a moment, in a blink of an eye. And while I'm here on earth, I want to give my all to him and I want to see his kingdom come and his will be done as it is in heaven. All right. So the first scripture I want to share with you is out of Luke 24, 49. There's this passage in Luke 44 through 49. Jesus is sharing with his disciples and he says to them in verse 49, he says, behold, I am sending the promise of my father upon you. Everybody say the promise. Okay, now the promise, which we've unpacked in weeks prior, the promise is the Holy Spirit. That's, that's the promise. He's referring to the promise, not just in, in, the, in the scripture. Some had said that in the Bible, there's over 7,000 promises that God gave his people. Those are promises. This is the promise. This is a person. And he said, but stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. And Luke reiterated this in the book of Acts. So Luke, uh, the physician, Dr. Luke, he wrote a gospel account of the life of Jesus in the book of Luke. Then afterwards in the book of Acts, it's, he continues it. It's like the book of Acts could almost be like Luke 2, right? So Luke, Luke 1 is the gospel. Luke 2 is like Acts, right? So, so in the gospel of Luke, uh, he, he writes these things and then he goes into the book of Acts and Luke reiterates this in Acts chapter one, verse four. It says, uh, while staying with them, Jesus, he, Jesus, ordered them, don't depart from Jerusalem. I want you to wait for the promise of the Father, 
which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So Jesus is saying, you've heard me talk about this, that John baptized with water, and, and, that, and, and you're, you're gonna be baptized in the Holy Spirit. He's saying, that day is now coming. So I don't want you to leave the city. I don't want you to go out and do anything until you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. So it's very specific, that third baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why do we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Acts 1.8, he says it here. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, to the end of the earth, okay? So he says, I'm giving you power to do what? To be a witness. And now remember, this is after John chapter 20, verse 22. In John 20, verse 22, Jesus says to his disciples, he, he says these statements to them, and then it says that he breathes on them to receive the Holy Spirit. So back in John 20, he says, receive the Holy Spirit. And he breathes on them. And then here, Luke recounts that. Now, I don't want you to leave. So they're saved. They've received the Holy Spirit. But he says, I want you to wait until you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, that third baptism. And I just want to outline something. When we talk about the, the, the breath of God, that, that the, the wind of God, the breath of God is from the word pneuma. Pneuma is God breathed life into man. It's that, it's that wind. It's, and it's a pattern in scripture. You see Adam in the garden, God breathes life into him, right? Everything else in the world, God spoke, but for you, he formed you with his hands and then he breathed life into Adam. So that's, that's, the, that's the birth of mankind. In a spiritual rebirth, Jesus breathes life into you. You receive the Holy Spirit. And I understand that some of this, if you're new and you're, you're here and you haven't been with us on this journey for the last six weeks, this could feel a little bit like, uh, you know, you're drinking from a fire hose today. I, I just want to encourage you, lean in. Try to stick with us. And you, if you want to, you can go back and watch some of the other uh, sermons that we had shared on this. So this is all happened. So Jesus tells him to wait. He says, hey, yeah, you've received the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you're born again. You're believers. Yeah, yeah. But I want you to wait. I want you to wait. And, and how do you know? You, you're going to know that you know because you're going to be endued with power. So Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost comes. So they're waiting. And while they're waiting, by the way, some people say, well, in the Holy Spirit, when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you experience joy. And that is true. When you're a believer, you experience joy. The disciples would go to the temple praising God. They were filled with joy, even though they hadn't been baptized in the Holy Spirit yet. And Acts chapter 2 says this, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. Again, it sounded like a mighty rushing wind. It wasn't a, a mighty wind. It sounded like it. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared onto them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And what did they do? They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. One important thing, people talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, 
you know, if you if you go down the wrong wormhole on like online or YouTube, like you're, you're going to see some stuff that you're like, whoa, what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're not going to walk out of here and then be suddenly just like, like you know, a, a robot brought into Trader Joe's and stand at the cashier's table and start speaking in tongues. Like that's not what happens when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, okay? It's not that like the Holy Spirit grabs your tongue and just goes, ah, like, you know, like, he's not going to do that to you, you know, like, like you, 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 you can, you can speak in English. You can pray in English. Some of you, you can pray in Spanish. You can pray in Japanese. You can speak in, et cetera. The Holy Spirit gives you utterance. And so we're going to dive into that today. So the title of my message today is what is speaking in tongues? I almost called it, what in the world is speaking in tongues? Because that's how I felt when I first got saved as a good Catholic boy. Maybe you can relate. It's like, I heard somebody next to me praying and I was like, is the person having a heart attack? What's happening here? You know what I mean? What is that? You know, do, do we need an interpreter? You know, it's, it's, there's, a, there's beautiful aspects of speaking in tongues. I want to share that with you. So when you're baptized, when, the, when Jesus baptizes you in the Holy Spirit, you got to remember, baptizo, we've talked about that. In the Greek, it means to immerse. It's submerge. It's to cleanse by dipping, submerging. So when we're water baptized, we can see that easily, right? Uh, my, my buddy Michael's here. When Michael was water baptized, he was fully submersed in water, right? All the way down, all the way up. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're fully immersed in the Holy Spirit. And let me give you the definition of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is when Jesus fully immerses us in the Holy Spirit. He fully immerses us. I had the incredible experience yesterday. My wife and I, we were away on a little bit of a mini leaders retreat and we were staying at uh, this little cottage through a, a hookup down uh, in Newport, a great hookup. Uh, and, and we're sitting on the back patio and everybody's packing up. We're getting ready to leave. And I just sat down, just was playing my guitar. I'm, I'm in, I mean, it's gorgeous, sunny weather. It's the, finally the sun is out. Goodness. It feels like it's been months since we've seen the sun out. And so I'm sitting there and I'm playing guitar in the sun. I'm just chilling. I mean, just the vibe. It's just, you know, it's like, like a Jack Johnson soundtrack. You know, it's just like, just chilling, just having a good time. And, uh, and this guy rocks up and, and he's got his sunglasses on. He's kind of listening and he walks by and he comes back and he kind of, He's kind of listening to me and he kind of sits up against the wall and, and, uh, he's just sitting there, you know, drinking whatever and, and talking and he looks back and he goes, man, that's pretty good. And I said, thanks, man. And, uh, he goes, I like how you touch the guitar. Like it sounds really clean. And I said, thank you very much. You know, we start to talk in and he plays a little bit. Anyways, long story short, um, the guy, uh, shares his life with me, starts going down the line of the difficulties he's gone through over the last several years, how he moved here 10 days ago. He's got a successful pool company back in uh, Arizona, but he moved here 10 days ago. And he's like, I, I want to be out here. I want to be out of the heat. I want a fresh start. And he shared some difficulty that he experienced, a lot of death that he's seen and just gone through a, a ringer as a young man. And, uh, and then he has a moment where we transition the conversation. And before he leaves, uh, my wife, Fawn, says, hey, can we pray for you before you leave? He goes, oh, yeah, absolutely. And so uh, Fawn says, I, I, I felt like when we were talking with you, I just felt the word father. And as soon as my wife said that word father, the brother started crying. And then he hit his knees. And then he's repenting. And then he's accepting Jesus. 
and he's rededicating his life to Christ. And he's sitting there. And then, and then our friends Jason and Nicole are with us. And Nicole's praying and she's getting words. And Jason's praying and we're praying over him. And he gets up and he goes, man. And, you know, he's like, he's like shaking, shaking. And by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we, he, he begins to share with us how 10 days ago he bought a Bible. He's like, I just felt like to buy a Bible. And it turns out he's a prodigal son. His dad prays for him every day. His dad sends him scriptures every single day. And he got scriptures that morning. And before he met us, he was walking on the beach. In his words, not mine, his words, he said, this beautiful girl started talking with me and she invited me to her church, man. I think I'm gonna go to church tomorrow. And I'm like, that's awesome. God's on you, man. I mean, it's no accident that you just walk up to our house and we're sitting here and you heard a guitar. Of all the places you could have walked along the beach, you end up right in front of our patio and now you're sharing, he goes, no, it's no accident. It's no accident you rededicate your life to Christ. It's no accident any of these things happen. And so he's sharing and I, I look at him and I say, Nikolai, have you been water baptized? And he says, you know, as a kid, I said, would you like to be water baptized right now? He goes, yeah, 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 right now. Yeah, let's do it. So literally, I'm like, awesome, great. Take my shirt off, throw my stuff down. Fawn and I, we, <laughs> we start walking down to the water. And I'm, as I'm walking, I'm doing like a mini Bible study. I'm like, okay, so let me tell you what water baptism is. Like, like this, this is the wedding band of Christianity. So I'm sharing this with them. I say, you know, you know, you're going to go in the water, but we're going to stand up in the water. And then I'm going to, you're going to, you're going to identify with the death, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, that makes sense. You know? And so we start to talk and, and we go down and we go into the water. And as we get into the water, he's like shaking. And it's not because the water's cold. He's just shaking by the power of God. And so we walk out there and I'm like, all right. So I baptize him. That brother came up like a new person, like had a moment, had a massive impact, a moment with God. Why do I share that? Because the Holy Spirit is drawing people and he's looking at you and you were once part of the harvest. Now you're a harvester. Now you're a harvester. And he and the Holy Spirit wants to empower you to be a bold witness, to see more Nikolais come to know Jesus, get baptized, get discipled, get plugged in. So men, when you see him on Tuesday night, welcome my buddy Nikolai when he comes and hangs out with us on Tuesday night. And, and the, 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 the precedence is this, that God wants us to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit an understanding of the Holy Spirit like we understand Jesus. He wants us as believers to know the Holy Spirit like we know Jesus. Like a lot of us are very comfortable with Jesus. We know scriptures about Jesus. We can tell you about Jesus. We could share why Jesus, why he came, why he died. We could talk about even some of you. You can share about atonement of sin. You can talk to him about doctrine. I mean, all these things you can talk about Jesus. God is saying, hey, I want, I want you now. now. That's great. Now we're gonna press into some of the different teachings. I want you to understand the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He is God. So the three phases of the Holy Spirit coming, the first phase I talked about a little bit earlier, the first phase is that it filled the house. So that was the first thing. That's why it's so important to get into a, a place that's a worshiping church. That's why it's so important to get into a place that honors the Holy Spirit, okay? That we would be a place, my wife shared it earlier, our vision is that this would be a house where people encounter God. Like we don't need a good talk. I don't need a good talk three-point message. No, no. I need to encounter God. I, 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 we prayed for people to be refilled. Why? Because I don't know about you, but we leak, right? We, we, we leak. 
And, and sometimes we need to get refilled up so that we can do what God has called us to do. So the first phase, it fills the Holy Spirit fills the house. Second phase, he fills the people. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then the third phase, which we're going to talk a little bit about today, is the overflow. They, they, they spoke with an overflow of the Holy Spirit, right? Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So th- there's an overflow of speaking. So I want to give you a breakdown of what happened between Resurrection Sunday and Pentecost Sunday in Acts chapter 2 that we just read about. So in, in, uh, in, on Resurrection Sunday, I think we have the next slide there. The Resurrection Sunday, we had the resurrected Christ. Then on Pentecost Sunday, it was the ascended Christ or the glorified Christ, okay? On Resurrection Sunday, there was the inbreathed spirit, right? On Pentecost Sunday, there was the outpoured spirit. On the Resurrection Sunday, the result was eternal life. On Pentecost Sunday, the result was power. Who received, here's a question, who received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the Bible? And we're going to go through some of this rather quickly because I know it's a little bit of, we're, we're, we're recapping some of what we've shared in previous weeks. Who received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the Bible? 120 people in the upper room, 3,000 the new converts, they all received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The men who were chosen to feed the window, widows, right? They wanted to make sure they were men full of the Holy Spirit. How did they know that they were full of the Holy Spirit? Because they could see it, because there was a sign and seal of speaking in tongues. That, that verified that they were filled with the Holy Spirit as evidence. There was the Samaritan believers, so people that were not of Jewish descent, they got filled. The Saul, as a Pharisee, became Apostle Paul. He got filled. Uh, there was the Italian centurion and his relatives and friends while Peter was speaking, preaching the word of God. Like in a, in a situation like this, the Holy Spirit starts filling them. And they're like, whoa. Then there was new disciples from Ephesus 24 years after the day of Pentecost, 24 years later, it's still flowing. And the uh, apostle Paul now, he meets some disciples that are from Ephesus and they get baptized in the name of Jesus. And then he lays his hands on them. And then they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. That's, that's out of your Bible. Okay. This is not the Bible of Jeff. It's a holy Bible from God that he's given to us. These are the scriptures. So I want to talk about the, the power, the beauty of a spiritual language. Mark 16, 17, Jesus said, And these signs will follow those who believe. So these are signs that follow us. In my name, they will cast out demons and they will do what? Let's say it together. Speak with new tongues. So Jesus is saying that. They're gonna speak with new tongues. It's not that we're all gonna go and learn Spanish or Japanese or whatever your your second language is that you desire to learn and grow in. No, no, he's saying you're gonna speak in new tongues. That's part of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So what is speaking in tongues? What is it, Jeff? What is it? What exactly are we talking about here? Speaking in tongues, it is, and this is the, 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 this is the best definition that I could find and I was chatting with Pastor Fred Crop. Some of you know Pastor Fred. He's going to be with us at the end of the month. And uh, for a couple of weeks, it's going to be great. We were talking about this, but this is the, this is the best definition that b- between us we, we could find in our studies. This was the best. It is a supernatural ability that God gives his people by the Holy Spirit to speak and pray in unknown languages, both earthly, so there is that, and angelic. It is the Holy Spirit praying and speaking through you. So I'm going to give you today, I'm going to unpack and share seven aspects 
or expressions of speaking in tongues. So seven aspects or expressions of speaking in tongues. Number one, I want to talk to you about tongues as a sign, okay? And again, I encourage you, don't lean into whatever doctrinal background you had. I was raised Catholic. I mean, this was like, I was never taught this, okay? Um, uh, you might have been raised Baptist. You might have been raised Pentecostal. You might have been charismatic, charismania, whatever it might be, non-denominational. I want you to lean into the scriptures, okay? Don't lean into a don- denomination or Joe, somebody with a PhD and an MDiv and blah, blah, blah. No, no, lean into the scriptures. What does the scriptures say? What does the Bible say? That's what we're leaning into today. So the seven aspects are expressions of speaking in tongues. Number one, tongues as a sign. Mark 16, 17. These signs will follow those who believe. We just read that. Next scripture, 1 Corinthians 14, 22. And I'm gonna go through these a little bit piece by piece. If you wanna snap pictures, write a note, jot it down, or watch it online, listen to it later on podcast, uh, you can do so. We're gonna go through these. I wanna make sure you have this as a foundation. 1 Corinthians 14, 22. Therefore, tongues are for a sign. Not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. Acts 2, 7 through 8. They were all amazed and they marveled, saying to one another, look, are not all these who speak Galileans? Aren't these all Galilean dudes? And, and, and how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? They're hearing the native language that they were raised in about the goodness of God and, and that was a sign to them. So number one, tongues is a sign. Number two, I want to talk about praying in tongues. Okay, these are seven aspects or expressions of tongues. Number one, tongues is a sign. Number two, praying in tongues. Ephesians 6, 18. Pray in the spirit at all times. Does it say all times? It says all times. Praying in the spirit at all times. On every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Jude 1, 20, one of my favorite ones. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. Another, another translation says, be built up by praying in the Holy Spirit. That there's something about praying in the Holy Spirit where they're, they're referencing it so many times in scriptures. It's like, okay. And then they also say, pray in the Spirit in other places and pray in a language that you can understand. So there's, there's a, there's praying in the Spirit is different than speaking in your English tongue or whatever your native language might be. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 through 15 says, Paul's talking. Okay, now this is the Corinthian church. Let me just take a pause break really quick. Time out. Let me just tell you about the Corinthian church, okay? The Corinthian church is exploding in growth. And with all the growth and explosion they're having, they're having a lot of challenges, man. And there's the spirits moving, but man, there are some things that are just out of line. So Paul writes... First and second Corinthians, and you read Corinthians and it's like, it's a smack. It's like, it's like a spanking from dad. It is like, guys, we're going to put some things in order. But let me just share this that was so profound to me. My pastor had shared with me, despite all the wacky stuff that went on, the Holy Spirit was still moving. Like, like, like th- there was gifts of healing. There was tongues. There were signs, miracles, wonders. There was prophecy. Like, that like despite some of the craziness that was out of order the holy spirit still moved 
And so he was saying, hey, I'm gonna help put some things in order. I'm, I'm, gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a planning center list, okay? You're gonna sing this song. Somebody's gonna give a word. You're not, everybody's gonna speak in tongues at the same time. If somebody's gonna do that up front, like giving a preaching message, but they're gonna do it in tongue, you need to have somebody that interprets because what would happen, they'd all get together and all these people are saying things in tongues. And everybody's like, what the heck? I mean, just imagine if we walked in here and we never spoke in a language that any of us could understand. So I'm speaking in English, Hannah and men are speaking in Korean. We've got other friends that are speaking in Spanish, other friends that are speaking in Japanese. I mean, you'd walk in and go like, dude, I cannot understand anything that's going on in here. Like that's what was happening. And yet still the Holy Spirit was moving in the middle of all that, kind of like, guys, I'm gonna help put this all in order, okay? So 1 Corinthians 14, Paul talks to him. He says, look, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays but my understanding is unfruitful, meaning I'm praying in, in, in the Holy Spirit, but I, I don't really know what I'm praying for. What is the conclusion then? Paul says, I'm gonna pray with the Spirit, so I'm praying in tongues, and I will also pray with the understanding, praying in English for me, right? So praying in the Spirit and praying in English. The third, the third aspect of tongues is tongues as a message. So you're a messenger. He gives you a message. Tongues as a message. This is another thing that we see in the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 12.10. To another, he gives different kinds of tongues. And then to another, the interpretation of tongues. So he gives somebody a message. They would get up and literally over the microphone or not under microphone. I'm sorry. In church, we would do it over a microphone back then. Then they had the voice box microphone. But somebody would get up basically commanding the service and they would begin to share, but they would be speaking in tongues. And somebody else go, oh, I, I received an interpretation as he's speaking, the Holy Spirit speaking to me. What he's saying is this. Now, why God does that? My three pound brain I, I don't know about you. I, I, I just can't put God into my three pound brain and understand every single aspect of him. I can't, I can't fully understand, understand Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity. Like, I mean, I, I can't fully understand some things. I understand enough. I understand a little bit, but as we pray in the Spirit, he reveals mysteries. Why God did that, we do not know. There's not, like, there's different answers for it. I could go on and on, but the long and short of it is we don't fully know, but we're, 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 we're seeing that there was different times where the Holy Spirit would be pulled, poured out and people would get up and they'd share a message in tongues and then some would interpret. So he gives it as a message. First Corinthians 14, five. So again, this, a lot of the Corinth, a lot of this is towards the Corinthians church because <laughs> they need a lot of help. I don't know about you, but we need a lot of help today. First Corinthians 14, five, he who prophesies is greater than one who speaks in tongues unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Why? Because tongues, there was, a, there was an element of a message, an aspect of a message. 1 Corinthians 14, 26 through 27. How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for what? Edification, right? Edification. We're building up the church. We're building people up. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, you build yourself up. When you prophesy in front of the church and share a word that would build up the church. Okay. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or at the most three, each in turn and let each one interpret. Again, this is giving a message in tongues. This is tongues as a message. This isn't tongues as a prayer language. People say, well, you were, there was a prayer meeting and there was a bunch of people praying in tongues. Dude, there was no interpreter. 
They're like, well, yeah, because they're not up front commanding the service. They're, they're praying in the spirit. There's, that's, that's totally in line with like Paul's outlining. That's Jude 120. That's, that's praying. And, and, and we're going to get into it a little bit more this morning. Number four, there was tongues as confirmation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you will, tongues was looked at as a seal where somebody goes, oh, I, I know that you for sure have been baptized in the Holy Spirit because there's the evidence of speaking in tongues. Acts 10, 44 through 46. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Everybody say all, all. All right, next slide. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. So these are the Jewish believers. They're like, what? We thought we were the favorite children of God. We didn't realize this is for everyone. As many as came with Peter, they were, they were astonished because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on all the Gentiles also. So they're like, whoa, this isn't, you mean this isn't like a closed circuit club? Like just us? Like us and no more? No, no, no. Like it's, it's for everyone. Those who are afar off, it's for everyone. And for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Acts 15, seven through eight. Peter rose up and said to them, this is at a different gathering. He said, men and brethren, you know that a good while ago, God chose among us that by my mouth, the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. So God, who knows the heart, acknowledged them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did us. So they believed in Jesus. That's the first baptism. You're baptized in salvation. Many were baptized in water. Acts chapter 10, I think, is the only time in the book of Acts where they were baptized in water or baptized in the Holy Spirit before being baptized in water. Acts 19.6, when Paul, this is Paul comes up 24 years after the day of Pentecost, comes up to some disciples, not unbelievers. It, they were disciples. They get baptized in the name of Jesus. And then it says this, that when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. The fifth aspect of tongues is tongues as worship. So the fifth aspect. So again, seven aspects or expressions. Let me just go back through these. So there's tongues as a sign. Then there's praying in tongues, which is different than giving a message in tongues. There's speaking in tongues as a confirmation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then tongues as worship. John 4, 24, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Jesus is talking about what that would look like in the future. He's sharing this with us. First Corinthians 14, 15, I will sing with the spirit and I will also sing with the understanding. So I'm going to sing in the spirit and then I'm also going to sing in English. So as we're singing today and having worship, which was so incredible, Megan did such a phenomenal job stewarding the moments of worship today. And as she's leading out in English, and I'm singing out in English as well, there's times where I backed away from the microphone and I'm just singing in the spirit. I'm just singing a spiritual song to God. And there's something so beautiful when that comes into your life. There's beauty in, in the spirit, in, this, in the praying and singing in the spirit. Ephesians 5.18 Paul's writing now to the church in Ephesus. Remember, in Acts 19, he meets these disciples from Ephesus and he shares with them about receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they were. And then later on, he, now those guys, now they're, they're some of the founding members, the founding boy band, if you will, of Ephesians Church. 
So these guys go back and start a church. Later on, Paul writes a letter to them called the book of Ephesians, which we have. And in Ephesians 5, he says, guys, I don't want you to be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another, watch this, in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs to God, making melody in your heart to the Lord. So what is that? I've taught on this with different Bible college classes and worship moments, but you know, when we sing a, a, a psalm, a modern day psalm is a lot of what we sang today. It's, it's songs about God or songs to God. Those are psalms. Then there's, then there's some of the hymns, uh, and then there's the spiritual songs. The spiritual songs is when we're singing in our spirits, making melody in your heart to the Lord. So the sixth element, the sixth aspect of this is after tongues is worship, number five. Number six is tongues as a weapon. Like you are weaponized in a good way when you're praying in the Holy Spirit. Let me show you what I'm talking about. First Corinthians 14, four. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. So Paul's saying when you're, when you're, when you're praying in the Spirit, you're building your, your spirit man up. So let me give you, let me give you a quick visual. I'm going to have Isaac come up here with me. I'm going to have, uh, Liz, you can come up here with me. I'm going to have Stephen come up here with me. Okay. And, um, just, just for the sake of this, um, Isaac, uh, you're going to be, uh, the body. Okay. Cause you're so fit. Liz, you're going to be the soul, the mind, will, and the emotions. And Stephen, you're going to be the spirit man. Okay. So what happens as we go through our lives, before we're born again, I'm going to show you what this order looks like. You're used to running your life, and the body is going to take, you're going to go up to the top. I'm going to get you guys kind of in a single file line down the steps here. Then your body is in command, like what, I, what I'm doing, I'm all about me. Your soul is right there, okay? And then, Stephen, you can come over here. And then your spirit, okay? What happens when you get born again, your spirit man comes alive, but your soul and your body, they don't want to take second or third place because they're like, I've been in charge this whole time. Your soul begins to fight. And so you need to renew your mind. That's why Paul wrote in Romans about the importance of prayer and being in the word of God to renew your mind. So you can, your soul can say yes to what your spirit wants to tell you. Okay. So then as you pray in the Holy Spirit, no matter how big the body might be or how strong the spirit is, there's a reorder that happens. Stephen, you take the top step. Liz, you can stay there, and then Isaac, you come down below. But stay on that step, though, because he's so tall, it wouldn't make sense. So what happens when you pray in the Spirit, you edify your spirit man, and he begins, the Spirit begins calling the shots. That's how you have victory over emotions that are just wild and some ideas that come in your head, and you're like, that is the weirdest thought. That is such a sinful thought. I'm not going to do this. How are you not going to do it? If you just relied, if the body was in control, you would fall back into that sin. If the body was in control, you'd be like, screw it, I'm going to do it. But because the spirit has been prayed up, because the spirit has been edified, the spirit's calling the shots, affects the soul where you're like, no, 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 no. I, I, I have the mind of Christ now, right? Paul said in different times, he said, I, I was saved. Then later he, he makes a statement. He says, I'm being saved. And then he says, one day I will be saved. It's like, Paul, what are we talking about, dude? Are you schizophrenic? Dude, there's like, I thought you were saved. I, I am, but, I, but I'm also being saved. Okay, but I, 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 you're being saved, but then you say you're, you're gonna be saved. Yeah, yeah, What Paul is saying that, he says, I was saved, his spirit. I'm being saved, that's your soul, your mind, your will, and your motion. I will be saved, that's the resurrected body. 
by praying in the spirit, your spirit man gets in first place and begins to help you with your emotions. That leads into your body following the directions of the things of God. You have divine decision-making ability that comes when you pray in the Holy Spirit. Can we give it up for these awesome three people that said yes? Thank you for saying yes and coming up to the front. (laughs) So Paul says in Ephesians chapter six to that Ephesian church, he says, finally, brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Everybody say whole armor of God. The whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Ephesians 6.18, he says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert, persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. There's times, I remember when I got saved and I encountered God, they had this prayer time at our church in the evening service. Little did I know, like, it was like the Holy Spirit service. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, hey, you guys are getting together having church tonight? I'll go. It was the Holy Spirit service. And so I went to the Holy Spirit service, and they were praying, you know, and, and people are, you know, a little bit, maybe a little bit more wild than I saw on Sunday morning, and a little bit more free, uh, maybe. And, uh, and so I'm saying, and I started hearing people praying in the Spirit, and they talked about coming forward and receiving the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and so I, I, was, I was a little embarrassed, Honestly, I was like, I don't know about this. This feels a little bit unique to me. And so I talked to a pastor and he sent me a teaching. He says, hey, I I get what you're saying. I I can understand. He came from a Catholic background. So I felt like, you know, we could relate, you know, a recovering Catholic. And so he said, I'm going to give you this full teaching, kind of like what I'm giving you today. And he said, I'm going to give you the full teaching. I want you to go. I just want you to read, spend time with God. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you revelation. And then I want you to ask Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Spirit because that's what the scriptures say. That Jesus is the one who baptizes, right? When John sees Jesus, when before Jesus is getting baptized, he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John was telling them, look, I'm baptizing you with water. There's somebody coming after me, the Messiah. He's gonna baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. And so he says, go away, pray, spend time with the Holy Spirit. So I did. And I remember when I first started talking, it was like, mama, na, 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 na. I'm like, what the heck is that? And I would, and I'm like, I, I feel so stupid. So the next day I'm talking to the pastor and he's like, he's like, uh, did you pray in tongues? I'm like, uh, yeah, I believe so. And he goes, uh, you know, how did you feel afterwards? Were you, you, do you feel like you got attacked and, Felt like it was baby talk. I'm like, no, 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 it was great. He's like, I'm like, okay, a little bit. Like it's, it felt a little weird, you know, like I'll be honest with you. You know, he's like, okay. He goes, usually if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, what's going to happen? Satan so doesn't want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit because there's so much power in it. Because when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you begin to operate like Jesus did. And man, whoa, if you start operating like Jesus did, you're going to turn the world upside down just like he did continue to pray in the Holy Spirit. And so I would. And I remember one time I'm praying and I, 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 I was just praying. Sometimes I'll just go on prayer walks and pray in the Holy Spirit for like 20, 30 minutes, just no English. And I'll stop and pray. And as I'm praying, I get a thought. Oh, that's a good thought. Put it in my phone. Kind of meditate, think about that. Kind of have them, okay, continue to walk and continue to pray in the Holy Spirit. I remember one time I was praying and it sounded like, I mean, I, 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 I sounded like it was some sort of like Asian dialect, you know? And I, I was like, and I'm like, 
what am I, I, I literally, and so anyways, and I kind of felt a little bit like, like, am I, am I speaking in like, you know, some other language, you know, it's, it's had this Asian dialect on it, you know, and I'm like saying this, and as I'm praying, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, you're praying for believers in Asia, pray, and I actually felt it was China, and so I'm, I'm praying and, and I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I'm praying, but it so sounded Asian to me. I've had other times where I'm pl- praying and then all of a sudden it sounds Slavic, like, you know, like Russian or something, you know, and, I, and you know, and I just continue to pray. And there's times where you feel like the burden of intercession, you feel a burden to pray and you, and you don't know what to pray. You pray in the Holy Spirit. There's your, there's, it's a weapon. Number seven, we're going to land the plane because I know we're going a little bit long. You still with me? Is this all right? All right, cool. Number seven, tongues that bring revelation to us. So again, seven aspects are expressions of speaking in tongues. Number one, and again, this is according to the Bible, right? We're all in agreement. We're taking all of this out of scriptures. You saw tongues as a sign. We read about praying in tongues. We read about the message, tongues as a message. Somebody's got a message to give. Somebody's gonna interpret it. We read about the confirmation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit read about tongues as an element of worship and praise to God. read about tongues as a weapon. Now tongues that bring revelation. Tongues that bring revelation. And Hannah, you can come up and play on the keys as we close out today. 1 Corinthians 14.2 says, For he who speaks in a tongue, 1 Corinthians 14.2, next slide. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him, However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So Paul's saying this. So Paul's helping, he's, he's coaching up the Corinthian church. He can't do a FaceTime video chat with them. He can't physically be with them. So he writes them a letter and he shares this with them. He says, look, if, if somebody speaks in tongues, they're not speaking to men, they're speaking to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So it's, it's, a, it's a mystery. And as you speak mysteries to God, he shares your mystery, his mysteries with you. 1 Corinthians 14, 13, Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. So if you're going to speak in tongues and you feel like you have a word to give, pray that you can interpret because that's an element, that's that seventh aspect that the tongues is bringing revelation, that there's something you're seeing. We're going to close out here with Romans 8, 26. Paul says, in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. What does that look like? Too deep for words, groanings. means that there's sounds that are going to come out of your mouth that are from your spirit that you won't fully comprehend here. But don't let that stop you continue to press in for he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God he intercedes he intercedes for the saints so when you're praying in the spirit I don't know what to pray I'm, I'm praying the perfect will of God for me I like to start my day before my mind is fully alert you know I'm, I'm like a two cup of coffee guy <laughs> Don't talk to me. Don't ask me too many questions. I need to just wake up, you know. I'll just, I'll just walk and pray in the Spirit. I did that this morning. Woke up early, had my cup, go on my walk, run into my neighbor. You know, I'm praying in the Spirit. 
is going to just pray and spending time with God. Praying in the Spirit. I want to give you just three key benefits as we close out today of speaking in tongues, praying in tongues specifically, but three key benefits. Number one, it enables you to pray without ceasing. Has anybody ever been praying and you're suddenly like, I don't even know what to pray? Have you ever encountered a situation where you're like, I don't even know how to pray? I have this family member, they're in another country right now, they're going through, I don't even know, I'm not there, I'm not getting the updates, that I don't even know how to pray. I, my, my cousin, they're going through this, I got a text message, I'm kind of reading between the lines, there's some deep stuff, I don't know how to pray. God, I don't know what they're going through, I pray that you would bless them, draw them, draw them close to you, God. You pray without ceasing. Open up, next one, go back, thank you. Praying in tongues opens you up to the other gifts. It's, 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 like, it's like the door opener. It's a, you know, the, the, the disciples, Jesus said, I want you to wait here until you're endowed with, endued with power. And then when you get the power, then you go. Notice after they started speaking in tongues, that to them was the sign that they were given the power of the Holy Spirit. They didn't go back to the prayer room and start just sitting there praying again, waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. No, no, no. Why? Because they were like, oh, this is what he's talking about. The baptism of the Holy, like we received it. That, that was the sign to go. Sometimes we go rather than when God's calling us to wait. They, they were waiting and praying for over 10 days. And some of us wait and pray for five minutes and we're like, I guess it's not for me. Really? In this microwave popcorn generation, right? No, there's something about waiting, sharing, waiting on God. Like just spending time with him. When I, when I had that moment, I went back in my, my bedroom and received the teaching from that pastor and I got down on my knees and I, I prayed and I spent time. I don't remember how much time it passed, but I know it was like an hour at least. I don't exactly remember exactly what it was, but it was a long time and I, it was a long time to me. At that time, praying for an hour, like, dude, what? Like not, I mean, I would pray five second prayers, bro. I was a world champion at a short prayer, you know? And, and there I am and I'm spending time and all of a sudden, I mean, I'm just like, Man, I'm filled with this Holy Spirit. And I begin to pray in the Spirit. And I begin to walk and pray in the Spirit. And then I saw the Holy Spirit lead and guide and direct different areas of my life in fresh new ways. The third benefit is enables you to pray about things that you have no knowledge of yet. Sometimes you feel prompted to pray in the Spirit. I don't know what to pray right now. I'm going to pray in the Spirit. Or you feel a burden to pray in the Spirit. Some of you have felt that. Man, I feel like I need to pray in the Spirit right now. And I don't even know what I'm praying for. That's what he was talk, Paul was talking about in Romans 8. You're not always going to understand. There's groanings. The Spirit's praying through you. You're partnering with the Spirit, and you're helping to bring heaven to earth in that moment, in that situation that you may, not, you know, you may never know, this side of heaven. You may never know. You may never fully understand. So we're going to take time now as we close out today. And I'm going to be up at the front hanging out for about the next whatever 10, 15 minutes as long as it takes with my wife. And if you are here and you're like, I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I, I want to follow the pattern of the Bible and what Paul did. I want to lay hands on you. I want to come into agreement with you. I want to touch and agree. And I want to pray that you would be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That you would receive a prayer language. That you would, that you would be baptized. That you would experience... The, the gift, the blessing of praying in tongues, a, a heavenly, the prayer language.
If you're here and you want that, I just want you to know I'd be, as your pastor, so honored to pray with you about that. So we're going to pray, whether there's one person or if it's everybody. We'll just have a line that goes back and Megan's going to come up and she's going to sing that song, Rest On Us Again, and we're going to close out. Why don't we just all stand to our feet this morning? have the prayer team come up front as well. If you're part of the prayer team at Authentic, come up as well. If you need prayer for anything, I want you to come forward and receive prayer. If you would like prayer for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I would love for Fawn and I to be the ones to pray with you about that. Let me just pray a blessing over you. And then we're going to close out this time. And I know some of you got lunch plans and you got to go. Some of you got kiddos. So you got to go get those kids. I want to release you to do that. But if you want the Holy Spirit, we're going to spend time in that. So, Lord, I thank you for your word that is truth and life. Thank you, God, for piercing hearts and minds. Thank you for pouring out your Holy Spirit upon us today. And, God, we just position ourselves to receive, and we say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me fresh. Come on, let's just pray that together. Holy Spirit, fill me fresh. Fill me fresh. Jesus, baptize me with your Holy Spirit. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit. And for those that need to leave or those that got kiddos that you're going to go pick up, I just pray God's blessing upon you. I pray that you would walk in the ways of God, that you would walk out empowered by the Holy Spirit, that you would have a fresh passion for the things of God, for his word, fresh revelation, and that even if there was something shared today that you didn't fully understand, that you wouldn't just walk away, but you would actually lean in and press into understanding and go back and read the scriptures again and do your own Bible study and, and see the beauty, the majesty of God unfold before your eyes as you encounter him in your personal time. I pray the blessing of the Lord over you. I pray that you would have divine health. I pray, I pray supernatural provision for the members of Authentic Church. I pray relationships be strengthened. I pray healing flow right now in Jesus' name if there's any sick in the body. I pray healing would flow. And I pray that you would be filled, overflowing with the Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name. In For Jesus more information name. on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.